0: Good morning, guys. It's it's really great to get together with everybody. I had a, a couple of epiphanies this past week that I'm excited to share with you today. One of the things, uh, we're going to cover a product with AmeriCo that uh, it's an accident policy, but it does not require a health license. And I wanted to just give you an idea of something that you can do in many homes and pick up a second application, or in some cases a first application. Um, it's AmeriCo's HMS Plus Accidental Death Benefit. You can do it uh, with an e-app. So that's something that right off the get-go it's something you can write. Uh, the premium is real easy to figure. If they're doing $100,000, it's $25 a month. If they're doing $150,000, it's thirty-three, dollars And if it's $200,000, it's $40 a month. It's quick issue, and for s- several of you, that's a, a a pathway to ignite. You know, adding three or four of those on the first two weeks could make the difference between, one, it gives you the applications you need, and secondly, it gives you that extra volume and cushion that will make a big difference for you. And it gives it to you with a company that issues and pays. So yesterday
1: when Brandon Schindler wrote two AmeriCo policies – Uh, good grief (laughs) he got paid today I mean that is amazing guys because it's pre-appoint you have to be 100% appointed with your writing number and when you write business bingo you're in like Flint unlike Mutual of Omaha which they are behind two weeks and more in some areas so just take that for what it's worth and the advice that it is uh,
0: and right with AmeriCo, you know, COVID has had its its impact on the carriers because a lot of these people working for home, uh, at least they say they are, at any rate, it's having an impact on us. So right now, uh, it's not that we're promoting AmeriCo. We just happen to have a product here that you can get paid on quickly, and that's uh, extra money that you can use uh, toward buying leads. <coughs> I do want to remind everybody the thought of trying – Find out if your client has applied somewhere else. Um, People are just not being forthright. Right, and and a lot of
1: applications ask that question. You might want to belabor it a little bit more because, as Liza Chinchose from CFG told me in the process of finding out that, you know, someone was declined, uh, she mentioned they had multiple uh, MIB hits. And then she went on to say that since COVID, they are seeing twice as many MIB hits overall as they were. And so when a client has three or four MIB hits, that's a red flag. They are trying to get insurance desperately, and the company is going, hmm, I wonder why,
0: okay? And we usually know the answer, um, but that that is very important. Those things are popping up, and there's a tendency on our part to kind of slide over that question, I think. And it's one that we really need to zero in on. I'm going to tie something Barry said in throughout the whole talk that I do this morning. But I wanted to remind everybody, Barry was talking about when you're talking, 7% of the message that you're giving is based on content. 38% is voice tone. And 55% is body language. Now, obviously, body language now, with if you're doing a virtual presentation, You don't get as much of that, so you really have to concentrate more on on voice tone, but understanding those things, and I'm going to talk today about being prepared and why that is so important. Um, You know, we we talk a lot about uh, objections people give us, and I told you last week I was going to cover some more, and I wanted to cover three today uh, as we open up here before I get into my message that I prepared for the call today, but, you know, have you ever heard, I'm insurance poor already? What do you say to something like that? You know, a new agent a lot of times will tuck tail and run because it doesn't mean they have enough insurance. What it means is they they perceive that they're paying too much for what they've got already that they're already it's a bill bigger than they want and guys when you stop and think about it of all the things we spend money on what is one of the most important things for our family if the unexpected unexpected happens and it's life insurance so one of the things i might say well if we could save you some money would you be interested now a new agent could say well if we could save you some money would you be interested no The tone and the voice is not right. You're not communicating that you're trying to help them rather than your own pocketbook, your own checkbook. Uh, Another way to say that is, you know, if we could reallocate some of your current premiums into one policy and maybe get you more coverage for less money, would that be important to you? You know, these are some things, some ways that you can say the same thing but get a different result. So I'm insurance poor already, uh, that doesn't mean they have enough. Uh, it just means that's the excuse they're giving you to try to explain to you that I can't afford it. And that's, that really is not a very good excuse on their part. Well, and it's their perception. And it may be
1: that, that all that insurance is at work, especially if someone advised them uh, and advised them well to buy all they could at work. So maybe they maxed out at work, and they perceive that as being a lot of coverage.
0: Good point. Yeah. Um, You know, a second, another one on my list, it's number eight, is I'm a widow. I'm single. I'll just leave the house to my kids, and they can sell it. You know, we've all heard that, and we've all experienced it. That's the reason Podcast 17 was created. Because what we have to do is establish the fact that yes, the kids can sell the house, but many times there's you know, fifty or hundred or two hundred thousand dollars equity in that home and yep, the kids are gonna sell the house, but by pre Planning a little bit beforehand, investing a dollar or two dollars a day, they can give the children the opportunity to capture most of that equity instead of having to sell the house in a fire sale. You know, I've got a client here in Virginia, daughter lives in Vermont, son lives in the Phoenix. They don't ever want anything to do with the house in Virginia. If she died, they would just take whatever they could get. So we put together a plan. She takes in stray animals, and she has a bunch of her own. So we put a plan together to give someone enough money because her kids would have the animals euthanized, and that would be devastating to her. We put a plan together to give someone $10,000, a friend of hers, to take care of these animals until they died of natural causes, and then another $15,000 that would give the children enough money to make the house payment for them to get the equity out of the home. The woman was thrilled. Uh, Connie's talked with her a few times on the phone over the years, and uh, she's just so thankful that we have that in place. So those that's kind of how Podcast 17 was birthed, and that's, that's a program that can help you make a lot of sales. Uh, okay, so I just have an update from Brandon uh, that I want to be sure gets
1: on the recording is something we actually did not know. Uh, we haven't had agents writing this in Massachusetts, but he said the accident plan for a move isn't available. Oh. So way to go. Now he would have written Americo anyway because we wanted him to earn ignite. And I think you were getting ready to cover that it is for age 60 and below. Uh, but they're all 60 and below. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't write an accident plan. Uh moves goes to
0: 70 in yeah, those places, right. but it takes more requirements on the agent's part to be able to write it, you know. So thanks, yeah. Brandon. That's yeah. great news. Um, how many of yeah? this is question number three on my list. How many of you have run across, well, I have a lot of quotes already? What do you say to that? Well, they haven't bought anything. Somebody needs to push the point, push that rope just a little bit to try to get them to make a decision. Um, and when you ask the question it's it's kind of designed to make you feel a little bit silly, not embarrassed, or belittle them. But one of the questions I would say that's well, so, Mary, is there any reason you haven't bought one of those yet or bought something? Well, the reason for that question, guys, is not to offend them, but what it's designed to do is to get them to tell you why they haven't bought so you can try to overcome that objection. They may say, well, it's too expensive, or uh, I have to do an exam, or I have some health issues. Once they tell you why they haven't bought, say it's too expensive. Well, if that's too expensive, it sounds like you'd like to get something in place. How much could you justify in your budget, or how much could you afford to try to at least get something See, you're showing there that you care and you're trying to put a plan together that suits their situation, their needs, and their budget. Um, Of course, the exam one, we've got, don't tell them that we can do something without an exam. You ask the question, well, if you could get coverage without doing an exam, would that be important to you? Well, yes. Well, let me get some information to see if you might qualify for one of those plans. So when people want
1: no exam, A, they saw it in the letter. B, believe it or not, some people just do not want to give blood. There are those people, okay? And But the third thing I'm wondering if we should even cover this, Dick, is is there an opportunity for that to be a red flag that maybe they would be not telling you all the truth about their health um, because they were afraid that it's uncovered. They don't understand that it's going to be uncovered in an MIB. Is that something we should be concerned about?
0: That's a really good point, and that's why we have Podcast 17, mm-hmm. because we can go in. If you've got that 66-year-old or 64-year-old and they've got some health issues, you know, you want to point out that, yeah, they can get a 10-year term, but if they live in 11 years, they don't have coverage. These plans at the bottom of the worksheet are going to be there until you need them. And even if it's a guaranteed issue, guys, it's going to be there until they need it. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to put, what we're trying to do with that is, one, get the appointment. The only reason we are ever talking to anybody on the phone is Mm -hmm. to get the appointment. Right, we're not giving
1: out information about whole life, final expense, not using those kinds of words, not using the words Dick just did about uh, no exam or anything. They've got that all on the lead. In fact, you went over this last night with Eddie and I heard him do something really good, which was he virtually tied the appointment down in a subtle way before he asked the health questions. Mm -hmm. Some people do that, some people don't. And it it's really personality style, but when Eddie did that last night, I think it helped him uh, feel more confident. And then it I think it also puts the client at ease because they've set the appointment and now very casually the person on the phone morphs into those health class questions, which the people don't like, but they've set the appointment so
0: they go ahead. Would you agree? I couldn't agree more. What you do in that situation is that if you're going to go that route after you got the appointment, or even before you do, see, let me ask you a couple questions. Yeah. Uh, we, want to get, we want to provide you with the best protection at the best rates. Um, any health issues I don't know about? You know, when you talk like
1: that, Dick, it makes me think about having conversations on the phone with agents. And I I tend to talk really loud. And so I have to buffer my voice okay and i think some of our agents would really benefit by talking slower lowering the loudness of Um, their voice and practicing putting some empathy into their voice you know if you are from um if you're from mississippi you don't have much trouble putting empathy in your voice okay but i've met people from connecticut who I wasn't sure they had any empathy in their whole body. As I, as I got to know them, I understood that they did. It just was the part of country that they're from. But if you are from a more direct northeastern part of the country, but you're living in North Carolina, have a conversation with someone down there that talks different than you do and practice sounding a little bit more like they do because you can be laughing at on your phone right now at what I'm saying, but I'm telling you, after 20-some years here, it affects you. And I don't think there's anybody on this phone that knows it better than David Crocker. He understands lowering the tone, slowing down, telling a little joke, Boy, guys, jokes are so important. Make certain they're the right kind, and if you're super young, make certain you're not adding any colorful words because you might think that's okay, and you might be talking to a really young person where it is okay, but subliminally they might bring back what their dad told them about colorful language, and you've just got one strike against you. you
0: stepped over the line. Because
1: here's the deal. We don't want to tilt the table 100%. Like, we don't want to tilt it 45 degrees. We just want to tilt it a degree or two in your favor. That's what we're trying to do
0: on Tuesdays. Tilt the table in your favor. Amen. Um, What I wanted to talk about this morning was on-the-job training. I had... um, quite an epiphany this week. You know, if your life depended on the success of a typical surgery, say a simple valve replacement on your heart, would you want a new surgeon to wing it? Um, It is a simple procedure with just a little on-the-job training. Of course not, you know. And the epiphany I had yesterday, an agent called me to strategize the case, and before we started working on the case, the agent asked me, he says, do you mind if we role-play my phone script? Well, of course not. I don't mind that. Well, two days ago, I had done the same role play, and the agent, let's say, needed a little work. But yesterday, it was so much better. Saturday, during the dial time on the first hour, uh, this agent made 29 dials and five contacts and zero appointments. So after the first hour, he called me for help. And we used most of the second hour for coaching, But the third hour, that same agent made 10 dials, talked to three people, and set two appointments. Well, two days ago, the agent seemed to slip back in some of their old uh, habits with the same results, and they were four. You know, um, agents need to shorten the learning curve by practicing, um, and Connie made the comment at the beginning of the call: or having a big savings account and I shudder when I even think about that part of it because the comment about the big savings account really, guys, is made with tongue-in-cheek because this job is not about the agent. It's not about you. It's about the family that needs a protection from an unexpected event. Yeah. See, if the agent does a good job, cares about the client, the income will come. It's a byproduct of the job well done. But let's go back to the valve replacement. If you die, that doctor feels terrible, but your family's devastated. And let's look at the families we serve. You know, if John doesn't come home because of a car wreck or a heart attack, you know, who's going to... The paycheck is gone. What happens in that situation? Well, first off, the kids lost a dad and the wife lost a husband. That's the first thing. Nine months later... Over 90% of the time, they lose their home due to foreclosure. If Johnny's in college, he's got to drop out most of the time. Other kids are forced to leave their school and are living in another setting, leaving all their friends when they need them the most. Mom's working two jobs to keep food on the table, so now what's happened is the kids have lost their father, and now they just lost their mother because she's working 60 to 70 hours a week. Guys, that's the result of us not doing a good job. That's the result that compares to a surgeon not doing a good job on that valve replacement. It's a simple process, but we just have to see the value of what we do. See, what we do matters, and to that family that just lost a loved one, the breadwinner, what we do is as important as what the heart surgeon does. And what brought all this about is the conversation, the epiphany I had with the agent, and last week uh, a guy graduated from UVA Medical School and he starts Monday at his new job as a heart surgeon in Greensboro, North Carolina. And we helped him get some life insurance this past week. Yeah. Um, understand the importance of what we do, does that change anything about your attitude and approach to this job? I mean, stop and think about the impact that you have on somebody's life. Let me ask you this question. If your parents or your brother, before you became an insurance agent, had a mortgage protection agent over to the house, what would you expect of them? Prior to this, probably not a whole lot. Just sell them some insurance. When told you need heart surgery, people embrace the heart surgeon with open arms. But that's not so much the case with a life insurance agent. At least 50% of that attitude that they have, guys, it's our fault because we haven't connected in such a way. It's our responsibility to connect in such a way that the client values us almost as much as they value the heart surgeon. And, guys, I've had people that have felt that way when I left. Some of them didn't feel that way when I got there, but, boy, they felt that way when I left. You've heard the story about the FBI agent whose wife left me a message. And, say I never used to use my cell phone to set appointments. So she left me a a voicemail at 6 o'clock for an 8 o'clock appointment. We're not going to be home. John had to work over. We'll call you when, you know, whatever. It's February. It's cold. I knock on the door. I mean, it's so cold that they Im- immediately invite me in the house. And they look at me like a, that proverbial cow at the new gate, like, what are you doing here? Well, I didn't get the message. I didn't have the message. So I walked in like it never happened. And when I got finished, they took a 30-year plan with money back with the safety net called the accelerated death benefit rider. So if he was terminally ill, they had money to live on or use for – um Um, elective surgery or something. But at any rate, when we finished with everything, she said, would you do me a favor? She said, there's a voicemail on your machine. Would you not listen to it? It was a bold-faced lie, you know. And they were so thankful that we put this plan together because at the end of the 30 years, they're going to get all their money back or they can exchange it for a paid-up whole life policy and stop paying And they had no idea that our products did those things. So the education changed everything for them. See, people don't go around thinking, I should go see a heart surgeon until when? Until they're told they need one. It's the same way about life insurance. See, that's why our leads are so important. They're a privilege and not a right. They're a privilege and not a right. Let me repeat that, because of the families that sent them back. You know, we have new agents. Oh, I want to get the good leads, the A leads. No, they're all good leads. It's just how we connect with them. We have to make a few more dials on the uh, three-month and six-month and two-year-old leads. But, guys, those people still have those – are, those are still families that if he doesn't come home because of a car wreck or heart attack, that family is going to lose their home. Now, yes, they've had a little more practice on coming up with objections because they've been through three or four agents. But, guys, we can cut through the objections real quick with some questions. Why do people resist us so much? Well, one, they think they don't need it. Nothing's going to happen. That's one thing. Um, They don't need another bill. That's another reason. You know, they perceive it as just another bill. Um, They're not aware of the benefits associated with mortgage protection. What are some of the benefits associated with mortgage protection that we should kind of point out? You know, peace of mind to me is probably the most important part of what we do. It gives that wife the peace of mind of knowing, God forbid he doesn't come home because of a car wreck or heart attack. She's got a place to live. You know what we ought to do after every sale? we ought to recommend that after every sale we make that they have a family meeting and let the kids know if something happens or taken care of. We ought, They ought to have a family meeting and let the kids know that in the midst of a terminal illness that they've got money to pay their bills with to make sure the kids understand how the living benefits work. They should have a meeting about that. Two things are going to happen when that happens. One, you're liable to get some referrals out of it because the kids will want it. But more importantly, after they've had that meeting, guys, they're not canceling. And that's a, that's as important as excuse me as making the sale. Uh, peace of mind's the first thing. Second thing is foreclosure protection. If something unexpected happens, they've got the living benefit. See, what what we fail to remember is if. Somebody's diagnosed with a terminal – not terminal illness, but cancer, stroke, or heart attack that's going to keep them from working for six months to a year. Well, up, upwards of 90% of the time, those families are going to lose that home due to foreclosure because they couldn't make the house payment. They've got bills running up the yin-yang and no income. We kind of get that in our mind. We need to shift that knowledge, that information from our head to our heart and start looking at what really is going to happen to that family. What's life going to look like the day after they're notified that they've been diagnosed with stage 3 cancer? What's life look like that day? And it's our job to try to ask the questions in such a way we get them to think about it. See, just having you think about it is important but it's more important for them to be thinking along those lines. And then the third thing that they need to be aware of are the equity protection plan. See, you know, when we're talking, and and we are having a lot of 60- and 70-year-olds send letters back and responding back to this, Um, many of them are refinances, some of them are new mortgages, but that's why Podcast 17 was created, that equity protection. And uh, and I hear people all the time tell, oh, yeah, I listened to it five times. I don't care if you listen to it 50 times. I care about how many times you practiced it because that's where you're going to get good. Don't listen to it and then do the practicing on-the-job training. No, do it before you go. Practice that thing to the point that you can stop, put the tone inflection into it just like I did uh, because that's what works. I probably, when I, after I created that, I probably closed 60, 65, maybe 70% of the people that normally would not have bought on the equity protection plan. And I'll never forget the number of times when I asked the question Does it make sense to cover the whole mortgage just so the kids can sell the house? Did you hear the cadence? Does it make sense? to get enough coverage to pay the house off just so the kids can turn around and sell it. And when I've done that on the phone with the agent using me as the person to help close the sale, I've had people scream out, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. Their perception of mortgage protection was $200,000 of life insurance. They've already had two or three agents in there. that gave them a quote, a 1000 or $1,500 a month, that's why you run into so much resistance on the bonus leads. Just some fool went in there and showed them something way too expensive that doesn't make any sense at all, but we've got a solution to their problem, and it's called equity protection. You know, we're in a position to change a family's life for sometimes that generation, sometimes two generations because of what we do. My question to you today is, do you think it's worth practicing and become really good on the phone and in the home before you go? Guys, your clients deserve it, and so does your family. You know, they they deserve you being as good as you can. We've got a friend uh, that worked with us at the other company, and I wanna, I'm not using any names or anything, but I want to share what happened to that family. Uh, upper middle class, life was good, lots of income, um, solid family financially. Uh, he and his sister were in college. They had two younger kids at home. Uh, the mother did not work outside the home. The fi- father's diagnosed with stage three cancer. And because of the cancer and the type of work he did, he was not able to work. Um, no income, family strife out the yin yang stage three cancer that he should have beat. Um, The family strife got so bad, divorce was imminent, and oh, by the way, the college students had to leave school. Uh, And the thought permeated this family. What was dad thinking? He provided us everything but what we needed, no life insurance. Um, And to this day, the father ended up dying. He could not withstand The stress of fighting the cancer coupled with the stress of the financial ruin they were experiencing, the loss of their home, the breakup of the marriage because of all the stress, and he succumbed to it. And that man probably had an 80 or 90% chance of surviving that if they had had our mortgage protection with living benefits. That's a classic example of what we do. Now, my challenge to everybody, oh, incidentally, their son now sells mortgage protection. Um, He never returned to college, but he is a mortgage protection salesperson today. So my challenge to you today is let's go out with the attitude and the mindset to see how many families' lives we can change, not only for this generation, but let's pretend you're meeting with that family that I just described right now and you can change their life too.